This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. There is so much, um, there's so much in the atmosphere tonight. Before I forget, I want to um, just give a reminder that we will not meet next Wednesday, the 27th, the night before Thanksgiving. Be with your families, cook your stuff, bake your pies, just love on people, rest. Um, and then we'll be back the week after that. But in the, all through like chats was the same thing. There was, was just a special something of an atmosphere. And in our prayer time, and that's why I invite, if, if you come in late, please feel free to come up and pray with us. When we huddle up up here, everyone is welcome. Um, we just decided to bring it down off the platform. Why pray up there? Because we're one unit in this place, right? So come and pray with us if, if you would like to, feel free. Doesn't mean that you have to pray out, so don't feel intimidated. Um, generally, Alex will pray, and some of us just get to praising. But there was a movement there that was, um, and I'm going to use a phrase, please don't, you know, I hope you won't be offended by it, but, but was a bit intoxicating. Um, the presence of God just stirring in hearts. And that's some of what we are learning about on Wednesdays is how do I feel or you feel the stirring of God in your heart? Um, there is doctrine, there's teachings from scripture, but at the same time, just like with parents, each child in a family has a relationship with mom and dad, but the relationship is personal to each child. It's not exactly the same with sons and daughters, and if there are multiple sons or multiple daughters, it's not exactly the same. Each child knows the parent in their own personal way and vice versa. So I think that that's some of what we delve into in this house, but certainly on Wednesday nights, the encouragement is coming. Please let God speak to your heart personally. So what I want to explore a little bit tonight, and it's, I think it's cool how the atmosphere is because there's an atmosphere of gratitude. There's an atmosphere of thanksgiving, pun intended, which actually it shouldn't be on one Thursday a year or even the week before it. It should stimulate in us, and that's why I love that that um, Heather brought that. But what I want to delve into a bit is the new birth. And you may say, well, we're in spirit-filled living, but that's what actually enters us into, spirit-filled living. So I want to pick up... Um, I just want to pick up quickly. When I ended last week, I ended on um, Romans one nineteen in the New King James Version. And part of that verse says, What may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. And the Passion Translation says, In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Now, that being said, the, the Greek word that's used for shown speaks of laying bare, revealing, uncovering, making visible, making known what has been hidden or unknown, making it clear. This is what happens in relationship. Just like with natural parents, children come to know their parents. You know, instinctively, a baby knows mom and dad, but they come to grow in what that actually means while they're maturing. The parents show them things, explain life to them, guide them along the way, um, guard them from things that would be hurtful. Our Father God does the same thing. And if we could be grateful tonight for the fact that he 
instituted a plan whereby there would be natural parents that are intended to show us what he wants with us. You see, everything with God is an illustration. He illustrates everything in the material world. He makes visible the beauty of the unseen realm, his fatherhood. He's making it visible. Now, the hitch is at the fall, all, all of mankind got a little misguided. I'm being gracious. So some of our parents weren't parented properly, and it goes back, goes back, goes back to where we may have had upbringing, home life, whatever, that did not give us the correct picture. So he was also gracious enough to record down through history. You see, the Bible is beautiful, but ancient historians also documented the truths of the Lord Jesus Christ. So many things we see in scripture are backed by human history. Selah. Take a deep breath. Why? Some of, because of like what Romans 119 says, he wanted to lay things clear for us. He wanted us to gain understanding. So tonight I want to look at the new birth because I personally believe that it's very clear from scripture that the new birth, though we all had an awakening, a new birth, born again, born new, born of heaven, at a point in time, we had an awareness that hit. I don't believe God wants it to just be that one-time experience. I believe that one-time experience opens us up in such a way that you have the legal document, okay? It's almost like a birth certificate. Yes, I remember the day I was born new. But then there is this power at having been enlightened with that, opened up with that. There is a power because many people in this day in the church are looking at a lot of different doctrines and scrutinizing them. However, in John 3, 3, Jesus, and I can't answer for anybody else, but I look at Jesus. Jesus is my picture of what God wants me to know. Jesus said, now, he didn't say it in, New, in King James English, ye must be born again. But he spoke to Nicodemus, and this, this man went to him at night because he was a teacher of teachers. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was learned. He taught others the truths of the scrolls, the scriptures. And so he's curious about this. He's seeing things. What I like about that is here he was in a particular binding type of situation in the religious world, bound by knowledge, but something in him was stimulating. Take a deep breath. People all over this globe are being stimulated this very minute by Father God through the living word, hearing it all different ways, but the human heart is built to be touched by God. Built to hear from God. We talked about this a little bit last week. And so I want to delve into this because he goes and he talks to Jesus about these things. And and Jesus says, Nicodemus, you have to be born new. You're going to. And he said, well, how can that be? Because I can't go back into my mother's womb. And so Jesus begins to expound on the spirit. And he expounds by the spirit of truth. Nicodemus, you must be born from above. You need a natural birth and you need a heavenly birth. You see, I want you to understand tonight, scripture is quite clear. 
that it was never God's intention that heaven and earth be separate. Never. When he made us, he made us spirit and soul and body. And so he intended that the beauty of the invisible world, the beauty of his heart and who he is as a being, we can't understand what he would look like. So he says, I'm going to literally in my image begin to act out. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to have offspring. And so I'm so thankful to be in a church like this where we know the seed of the word of God. The seed, Luke 8, 11 says that the seed, the seed that propagate, propagates is the word of God. The seed that begets us, the seed that even made us was the communication of the living God. When he opened his mouth and said, and, and there's darkness in this realm, he opens his mouth and says, let there be light. That first light was not a sun or a moon. It was illumination. He said, let there be light. He's about to release himself. Guys, he's still releasing himself. When he, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you need to be born from above, he was releasing. He only said what the father told him to say. So he's speaking to this human that's hungry, that's instinctively moving. He's moved. Nicodemus was moved by the spirit of God to seek out one who could minister into his life. One that could help him because what had come inside of him from the scrolls, from the studies, was doing something inside of him. You guys, I love you so much. You're here on Wednesday nights because something's happening in you. Sunday's not enough or whatever. But you're like, I want more. I want to grow in this. I'm hungry. I'm searching for more. And so tonight, to me, there's this atmosphere of salvation Jesus is saving. He's drawing us together. He's putting our hearts together, our lives together, our knowledge together. He brings us into this one room on Wednesday nights and we worship together. Do you understand how powerful that is? That we come in here uninhibited, unashamed, unafraid, and we worship the one true living God together. We let our hearts go. We each as his offspring know him differently as father. But when you put that all together, he's building a joy-filled, spirit-filled, astounding family. So I want to celebrate the new birth. This born again, born or received from his realm. See, this is what he's telling us. That born again experience, though it happens at one point, you may remember. I will never forget the day I was born again. I was eight years old. Never forget it, ever. It was such a spiritual experience when, I mean, I can relive it over and over. I can feel it right now. But I was in a denomination that did not teach the spirit-filled life. So from eight to, well, I was like 34 when we came here, I think. Yeah, because we've been here 30 years. So I was 34. From eight to 34, I'm waiting. Like, what was that? I know it was a new birth. I, I learned enough. Born again, I have my ticket in my pocket, but I'm going to make it from here till I'm old enough to go to heaven. But there was so much that I was missing. I don't resent that. I'm thankful for what I was taught. And I've said that to you all before. I'm thankful because I was taught in that denomination that this is the inerrant, inspired word of the living God. So when I met a teacher that would teach me everything that was in these covers, I believed it. I didn't scrutinize it. I drank in everything he said to me. 
I submitted when he said, read this book. I submitted when he would say, look up verses to the point that I would have books that he had given me from the generals in the, in the spirit filled world. And I would look up if they quoted a scripture or gave a reference, I would look it up in my Bible. Cause he said, make sure it's in your Bible. So when he found out, he said, why is it taking you so long to read that book? And I said, well, you told me to look up scriptures. He said, that's Kenneth Hagin. He's putting the scripture there. I was like, I don't know him from Adam. You know him. I don't know him. I know you. You told me to look up the scriptures. I'm only saying that because my heart was being drawn. Your heart is being drawn. What you do with the word, how he comes to you is born from above. You were born again, but still things are coming to you. You entered into an experience whereby every moment of every day, you can experience things born of heaven. You can drink in a communication from the heavenly realm, from your heavenly father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. He was a person, but he exemplified everything in this book. So it's born or received from his realm, the supernatural dimension, supernatural, supernatural, not just normal, natural, above natural. See, we don't want to take the natural out of it because it's manifesting here in the material realm, which we call the natural realm. It's no longer unseen stuff. Come on, guys. The truths of scripture are no longer meant to be unseen things. They're coming from the unseen, but they're flowing through your heart, your mind, your hands, your life. And God is manifesting all the goodness of his heart toward earth. I'm just painting pictures there, but that really is the truth because he's not up there down here. He's here in another realm right with us. He's here inside of us by his spirit. Spiritual power is perceived not with our natural mindset, but with an enlightened mindset born from intimacy and interaction with God himself through his dynamically powerful communication of truth. Don't ever become so familiar with biblical truth that you reduce it to a printing press book. Take a deep breath. Heather talked about gratitude. We cannot allow ourselves to become complacent, to become almost darkened in our thinking that, well, this is just another Bible study. We come on Wednesday night. We really like the music. There is stuff happening here. When we gather together, our hearts releasing touch him, but they also touch one another. It happened in our circle up here tonight more than I've ever seen it happen here in our circle. What's happening? We're getting more enlightened in understanding he's binding our lives together to save us. It's not just his presence in each one of us or his presence in this room. We touch one another. And when I know you guys, I know Jesus with flesh on. Jesus with flesh on. Each one of you, when I hug you, he's in you. And so he will minister to me. He will hug me back from you. See, we don't understand those things with our brain, but our brain can become enlightened. See, this is the beauty of the new birth. (laughs) Come on, guys. It's not just my spirit come new. Your spirit can come new and you can sit in a church your whole life and never live the kingdom. 
Never think kingdom. You can sit and plan Sunday dinner in church while the word, the supernatural word of the living God is coming out of your pastor's heart. Say no condemnation. Because it really is time for us to realize, be grateful. We are in a nation that allows this. We are permitted to gather and praise God. We're allowed to speak this word and technically and legally, they can't stop you from praying anywhere. We have a constitution that guarantees freedom of speech. They might try to shut up the name of Jesus, but really and truly, we have the same rights that anybody that quotes any or speaks any other God's name. There really isn't another God. You realize that? Um, so his supernatural communication, he doesn't simply have a physical. Now, listen to this. Okay. You know how I tell you, I write down stuff because if it comes to me inspired, I'm not like trying to, you know, be puffed up or anything. But when he speaks to me, I'm like, oh, that feels like you. I'm going to, I'm going to type it out. Like it felt like it came. He doesn't simply have a physical quote unquote conversation whereby he gives us information. That's not what it's about. When he communicates with us, he communicates his spirit. (laughs) So when you have a word from scripture or in prayer, he ministers to your heart. He is communicating the spirit of life to you. When you truly trust it, when you drink it in and say, I really believe this is you, Father. I believe this is coming by your spirit. Jesus, I believe you, the living word, are talking to me. You know, it won't necessarily be audible. Don't freak out. But when you get a sensing inside, like I could sense, he's saving tonight. He's saving. He wasn't just the savior, my savior, the day I needed to be enlightened. He says, I'll enlighten you every moment of every day from here on in, girl, because once you know that I can enlighten you, I'm there to enlighten you in any place you need enlightenment. See, some of this sounds new age, but I think it's about time that we take back language from crowds that don't really use it properly. Don't hate the crowd, but don't lose the language. This word enlightens you. You will be lightened inside enlightened. I don't know who put the electricity in this building. I don't know if they were saved. You know, we love our church language. I'm going to use the lights. Come on, guys. It's time to know by the spirit. It's time to grow and mature. Say no condemnation. If you're in this room and you are not fully enlightened, no condemnation. But you're sitting in this room. And Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, whoever you're comfortable with, God is ministering. God is speaking to us. God is drawing our hearts. God makes us curious. Do you know something? God even makes us mad. Because sometimes when enlightenment comes... I get angry that I didn't, I I know how to live. But sometimes you can get angry that you weren't as enlightened as you thought you were. I mean, that's where I got the phrase, no condemnation. He would say it to me. 
No condemnation, Kathy. That's why I died. Because there was going to come times, and he doesn't say this mean, there's going to come times when you're dumb. He's not literally confessing that I'm dumb, but I will be deaf. You know, dumbness can be that you're hard of hearing, that you're, you're not grasping. He's good. So he communicates his spirit of life to us. First Peter 1 23. You know, I'm always going to document it with scripture. Um, in that passage, it says that we are born again, that we are enlightened, made new by the pure, imperishable word of God. Okay. Once that happens, like I'm saying, and I'm going to say it again and again, the capacity for newness is constant. Even our, the way our bodies are made speaks to that. God is a continually restorative, regenerative being. Your body, I think it's different with men and women, but approximately every seven to nine years, your body is a completely new set of cells. Cellular regeneration. Do you know why he made us that way? We were built to live forever. Come on, guys. So he's so brilliant prior to for things unfolding. God knew ahead of time exactly what was going to happen. So how gracious of him to build us in certain ways and how gracious of him to have a plan of enlightenment and salvation whereby it wouldn't be a one-time thing. It would be a continual regeneration that when we're tainted by things we hear or experiences with other humans where we're hurt, he will be sozoing. Grace and I have had so many conversations. I love the sozo ministry here. But what happens in sozo ministry is the truth of the word himself in a living form comes and saves. And sometimes we need someone to guide us through that. But there are other times, if you will, say no condemnation, but if you will, go to this word. Even when you don't know where to go in this word. Do you know that sometimes I've been in desperate situations not knowing exactly where to go, especially prior to having a teacher that taught me really everything that was in here. I would pick this up, put this on my lap, and I had a grandmother that loved her Bible so much. I would go anywhere, and especially if I saw red. (laughs) The words would calm me. They would calm me. And, and I would have this thought prior even to being, you know, what we would call spirit filled, you know, shamatata, the whole deal. And I remember one particular day I was, life was tough. I was standing, I had been reading the word. This is prior to meeting Pastor Barry coming here. So that was over 30 years ago. I was a kid. And I remember looking out the window and saying, it's all going to be okay. I'm a born again child of God. I had no idea then what was happening when I said that. There was a line being drawn in the sand. My father was in that with me. Father God, spirit of God in me because I was regenerated. I was enlightened enough to know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I love him. And so inside of me, this instinct rises up and says, everything's going to be okay. Come on, guys, this new birth thing, the gra- be so grateful tonight that you've been enlightened, that you know that Jesus saves, that you know that the Father loves, that you know that Father God does not punish 
with sickness and disease and poverty, that he doesn't beat and abuse his children. He comes lovingly and incites us to curiosity, incites us to desperation sometimes. Again, Luke eight eleven tells us that the seed is the word of God. And remember, we looked last week or the week before, seeds reproduce after their kind. So when he comes and he teaches us, when you have good seed, good truths coming into your life, they're reproducing, they're growing. They don't get smaller, they get bigger. But please know, other seeds reproduce after their kind too. So if we continually yield into thought life or participating with erroneous teachings or situations continually. um, Like if you watch crazy movies, I mean, I'm talking crazy demonic stuff. It will, it will bring fear. There are some people that love to be frightened that, that adrenaline thing. Okay. (laughs) When I was real young, you know, it, it was like you, the freaky movies, Frankenstein and all that stuff. I didn't know any better. Once you know better. Because you know what will happen. This is how crazy we can be. It's time for, you know, like we, we are human. You can think, oh, I just want to watch this, watch this. I just love all these scary movies. This is wonderful. Then you get over here and you're scared spitless like in the dark. Like anybody could break into my house and they could do this and they could do that. <laughs> think it not strange. You see, when we train our minds to go two different directions, don't be shocked when you can't trust God. Say no condemnation, but we have to get wise to this. That's some of the the seduction in pornography and stuff. And don't, hey, ladies, don't sit there all naive thinking it's just men. You see, we are beings that have a sexuality side, a sensual side that's of God. Paul, the apostle Paul taught it this way. Don't light the fire before it should be lit. So what am I saying even with that? We have to know what we can handle. Know yourself. Know what you can handle, whether it be with movies or with conversations or whatever. I'm going to get back to this stuff because sometimes we don't like it when it gets too real. But seriously, we say, I want to grow in you, God. And he comes and says, that's not cool. Oh. Well, there's no condemnation. Kathy says it every week. See, I can say no condemnation and make you feel safe here. But then when you go away, condemnation doesn't come from me or from God. It comes from our own, inside our heart, we have feelings like, I know I got this little secret over here. I'm, I'm moving. Okay. 1 Peter 1.13, and I'm going to read it in so many, so many um, versions, but I want to read it from New King James first. This is so powerful because we, we looked at the new birth, and, and this is part of it because you got to keep your mind in line with this, I want to live a life where what goes on inside me is born of heaven. So that I can walk out here 
in activities born of heaven. 1 Peter 1.13, therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Don't think this is talking about the second coming. Gird up, because it's talking about girding up the loins of our mind. Loins speak of the reproductive processes. Your mind is very fertile. When a seed comes and takes root in your mind, it becomes a strong hold. Why? The grace grace of God. He built us fearfully and wonderfully. He built you intending that what would come and take root in you would be the good things from him. However, at the fall, there was a choice made. Okay? So we still make choices. But we still have this power inside of us because we're born of him. We have way more strength than we think we have. So we, when we gird up the loins of our mind and we're sober and we rest our hope, as we're growing and maturing in Christ, that's the revelation of Jesus Christ coming. The revelation, because what is he? He's the, the word of God made flesh. He taught about healing. So when we receive Jesus, when you receive healing, you're receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. You're receiving the promises of him. You're receiving the spirit of who he was and what he stood for. When you gird up your mind and it's renewed by truth, you are literally causing your capacity to be reproductive from things of heaven to happen. Are you all with me? Okay, so I want to go um, to look at the word mind. And that word is dianoia, D-I-A-N-O-I-A. It's a thinking through. You know, when you ponder, it's very powerful. We're always pondering something. We, people say, well, I don't really meditate much. You might not meditate the word or the things God wants you to, but you're meditating all the time. We all are. Your mind doesn't shut down. It doesn't even shut down at night. That's why we dream. Selah. Dianoia combines nous, N-O-U-S, which means mind, and dia, which means through. I think it is extremely important to recognize that what happens in life travels through the mind, thus being recorded for future reference. Again, the grace of God, when God guides us, when a good parent guides us, it's there for future reference. When you teach your children, don't touch the hot stove, it's there for future reference. When you teach your children, don't run in the street, it's there for future reference. Those words repetitively ministered to us. It's the same truth with this. When we study the word, when we read the Bible, when we go to Bible studies, when we sit in church on Sunday and a message comes, there are things that take root inside of us. Like, you know, when something is ministered and all of a sudden you feel a little bit of hope. Like, I know my situation hasn't changed, but I think it could be okay. Something has just dropped into your soil. Not just a word. Spirit. Jesus said in John 6, 63, my words, they are spirit and they are life. 
So when he communicates with you, let your gratitude stimulate. He's saving you. He's bringing the word. Sometimes he brings words that you will need in the future. Very powerful. He'll bring words you're going to need in the future. He will teach you. I remember um, before all of the real estate stuff and, and everything got a little crazy financially in this country, Pastor Barry taught financial stuff, taught about prosperity, taught about um, God's faithfulness. It was probably eight, 18 months or two years, and he said, I'm telling you guys, get this word inside of you. Get this word inside of you because there's a change coming. I can feel it. God was saving There were people that took the words in, braced themselves. It's kind of like at the beach when they board up the windows and stuff for the hurricane to come. What did Jesus say? He said it this way. Build your house on a rock. And when the storm comes, the winds can blow, the floods can rush. But you'll be stable. Ever had your house shaken and it feels like it's going to be flooded? Your house But inside, you know, uh uh-uh. No, I know who I believe. I know who I've trusted. I got a picture one time in training center worship when this school was down there and it was tuition-based. I was in worship one night, and um, I felt like the Lord said, just go to the back. And Alex and the band were up there doing worship, and it just, uh, presence filling the room. And he said, just sit down. Just sit down on the ground. I want to show you something. So I sit down on the ground. Don't freak at this, you know, if you don't believe in visions well. You're seeing things in your brain all the time. So we all have visions. I mean, even people with perverted thinking have pictures in their brain. They envision things. So we're built to have visions. So anyways, so I sit down on the ground, and I close my eyes, and he says, I'm going to show you something. And I start having this vision. And in this vision, I'm in the middle of the ocean. I mean, like, I'm, which freaks me. I love to go to the beach and see how huge it is. Because then I'm like, oh, yeah. You made that. That is so big. I just want to constantly be reminded how huge you are, God. So anyways, I'm out in the middle of the ocean, and I'm sitting on a rock. (laughs) I'm sitting on a rock, and the waves are crashing. I mean, it's like the ocean, like way out where just big boats go. And the waves are crashing around me. I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, what's up, Jesus? Like, why you got me on a rock way out in this scary water? And he said, stand up. And I'm like... (laughs) I'm not really wanting a horror film vision here in the middle of training center. And he says, stand up. So I stood up and the waves were crashing against me. And I looked down. My feet are formed as a part of the rock. I mean, literally, I looked down. My feet are stone hooked in the rock. He says, that's you and me. I'm like, okay, okay. It wasn't a horror film. It was, I want you to catch something here because you don't just stand on the rock. You're a part of the rock, Kathy. So I might have fallen down. I would never, I couldn't have been moved off that rock. I was a part of the rock. Fucking necklaces around. Glad I don't have a lapel mic. Think about this, guys. This new birth. You've entered into a realm as a child of God. I encourage you, explore like crazy act like Lewis and Clark like you're going out let your bravery rise up explore stuff that other people would say why do you even want to know about that pastor Barry long before anybody wanted to study end times he was out there studying eschatology stuff and I'm like why what's up 
I'm curious about all this. They're teaching things that I know are not God. So before I heard anything from him, he'd already been studying it for 20 years. Like, where did you learn this stuff? Reading, curious, getting with God, praying. Because that particular teaching, when it's taught wrong, releases immense fear in the body of Christ. Fear is never of God, ever. I'm just saying. Cheers, Jesus. Thank you. So it's, it happens that life travels through the mind and is recorded for future reference. The word suggests, this word dianoia, suggests understanding, insight, meditation, reflection, perception, the gift of apprehension, the faculty of thought. When this faculty is renewed, or I like this word, reformed by the Holy Spirit, we could even say it reformed, Negativity and lies form thoughts in our brain when they're reformed by the truth. By the Holy Spirit, the whole mindset changes from the fearful negativism of the carnal mind to the vibrant positive thinking of the quickened spiritual mind. Quickened spiritual mind. You see, when you get that, um, and I, that's, all quoted from a reference material of definitions about dianoia. I didn't write all that. Um, Holy Spirit did apparently through somebody else. Quickened. When you get that sense like, I think there's hope here. You're being quickened by the Holy Spirit. That's not just a flesh like, oh, I think I, think I might be okay. I, gra- I got myself. I grabbed my thinking. No, that's a quickening. Holy Spirit is coming with light. You are being enlightened. He is giving to you the mind of the Christ. This is what scripture says, guys. This is what the reformation, the renewal of the mind is a reforming by the power of God. The one who made your mind can reform it. called salvation it's jesus the living word coming with truth saying i'm not willing that you perish and i'm not willing because your father is not willing that you perish you see we perish in our thought life long before it manifests on the planet dread dread is a mindset being built out of timidity and fear and it prepares for death it prepares you for death you begin to die in your mind that's why god said to adam and eve he said don't eat from that tree and the expansion in the ancient language by eating you will surely die it was in dying you will die in letting your mind go to something that is a lie that is death you will take a seed in And start to die on the inside. Because that seed will reproduce inside you negative thinking that contradicts what your father says to you. And if you meditate that what is built by that negative seed, you begin to adopt a belief system. We begin to, we adopt belief systems. Are y'all with me? This is, this is so, 
Being born new is so powerful. Being born of heaven, having thoughts born of heaven is so powerful. It's so, it was so powerful at the beginning when you began to receive this mind of Christ to change your life. It was so powerful at that point that it took you out of feeling that you were in a totally different realm from God. It took you right into realizing I'm in his presence. You see, when Adam fell, God's presence was still there. He just couldn't see it. He couldn't feel it. He couldn't imagine that having done exactly what he wasn't supposed to do, God would still love him. And I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of churches teach that original fall way wrong. They paint the picture that if we're naughty, don't think God's ever looking at you because he won't look on sin. I think that's probably, I have to really guard myself because that makes me really angry. And I don't want to be angry at people because people can only teach what they've been taught. And anything that's a lie, we know exactly where it originated. In that place right there, in the one who originally lied to Adam and Eve. It's very important that the Father has always loved mankind unconditionally. And he made a way for us to come back to him. Mark 1230, and this is, this is I, I, I really... I, pondered in this space when the Lord was showing me this Mark 12 30 um, says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind same word same word so we can actually love God by having disciplined thought patterns (laughs) I want to love Jesus do you want to love Jesus I'm I'm realizing oh my goodness if I'll just be obedient if I'll really let you change my thought patterns that's part of my acts of love to you, God. That's what, I mean, does anybody else get that? I mean, it's the same word. My news and my dia. Dia noia. So if I can say, you know, I'm having crazy thinking here. Oh, Lord, I keep taking this thought. I keep taking this thought. This thought has taunted me for however many years, maybe your whole life. You know, when I was, and I've shared this with you all a little bit, I think um, I was about, I don't know seven or eight, and as a child, I had a really husky, raspy voice, and um, I had these nodules on either side of my voice box, which Pastor Barry prayed for me one time and happened to touch my throat and because um, I had a thyroid thing going on. When I went back to the doctor, um, the thyroid thing was better, and uh, I didn't have nodules anymore, so he didn't even pray for them. But anyways, apparently the anointing was flowing. Um, But someone said to me, a a boy said to me, we were all playing in the neighborhood, and this boy said, you sound just like a frog. I don't know what a frog had. I mean, I don't know when he'd ever heard a frog talk, but apparently I sounded like one. But my point is, I'm called in the earth to be a, a mouth publicly. And yet, as a child, I'm embarrassed in my voice. And dad always, uh, took pictures of us as a family. He had this movie camera. He'd have these huge lights. I mean, it was, you know, the old-fashioned stuff in the 50s and 60s. And before that happened, I would sing and dance, and he would film, and we'd had all these family films. After that, I was so embarrassed of the sound of my voice. I wouldn't let him record me singing. I I I would get on the films, but I wouldn't. I didn't want to talk. A seed fell in the ground. 
a lie. What ones do you have? Yeah, well, if it's a lie, hey, Jesus will help you rip that sucker up. So here's different versions. Um, I want to share these because they're, they're all really powerful with respect to 1 Peter 1.13, which is what we're talking about, that dianoia, that uh, gird up the loins of your mind. The New Revised Standard Version, some of these you may never have heard of, but I just love to hear all different versions because we all hear things differently. We have different filters, and so verbalizing things differently is part of the grace of God too because something, one of these might sound more normal to you or grab your heart more than maybe New King James or... So the Revised Standard Version says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed to you. The Revised English Bible says, Your minds must therefore be stripped for action and fully alert. Strip them. You know, there is one place in one of the epistles where it talks about putting on the new life and taking off the old life. I like that. That's what I thought about here. Stripped. My, the old life, the old thoughts need to be stripped off my mind. I don't want my mind anymore to wear those old clothes. I'd rather be naked. Stripped for action and fully alert. Fix your hopes on the grace which is to be yours when Jesus Christ is revealed. New American Bible says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Live soberly. Live soberly. That's not just talking out here. Live soberly in your thinking. You cannot live soberly out here if you live drunk in your mind. And I'm not just, you know, I'm not talking substance abuse. I'm talking sometimes we get drunk on the lie. It's just too much work to get the lie out of there. Maybe the lie's been growing in the generations of your family for hundreds of years. God will punish with sickness. That's a lie. It might have grown. You might have grown up in a denomination that taught that. And that's not easy to get out. When you have authority figures in the church of Jesus Christ teaching you something that is contradictory to Scripture, that is tough to get out because you demonstrate loyalty and trust to these people that I I had a pastor growing up. He was wonderful. So good to our family. But I learned some lies in that church. That's tough to get out because I'm not even going to say his name. You know, you all might know him. But, I, I, you know, that he was a good man to our family. That didn't change the fact that there were lies. Um, the New Jerusalem Bible. But you haven't heard of that one. Your minds, then, must be sober and ready for action. What kind of action do you want? You want to live? Please don't, you know, excuse my French, my biblical language. You want to live hell on earth? You can live hell on earth. Just don't allow Jesus to reform your thinking. Put all your hope in the grace brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, when when scripture is revealed to us, when the living word is revealed to us, there is a gracing that comes with that word to live that word. You see, it's powerful seed. As we saw in 1 Peter 1.23, it's incorruptible, imperishable seed. It's totally hybrid. It's otherworldly seed. It's God seed. It's not normal, just earthly seed. So there's a power in it. 
to give you a gracing to learn about it, to grow in it. I mean, even when you something flickers of hope inside, you can say, Father, I thank you. Your word's doing something in me. Your word is doing something in me. And I thank you, Father, your biblical truth, it's written in your Bible that you are working in me to will and do of your good pleasure. And what you've started in me, you will bring to completion. So you don't have to think, oh, I hope I do it right. I hope I do it right. No, he's doing it. He's doing it. His seed is growing in your garden. You have a mind built to remember. You ever saw a scripture and then you can't remember? What was that scripture? No condemnation. It'll come back to you. Maybe not literally the chapter and verse, but the truth of it lives in you. The truth is alive. The truth is not just some doctrine or church message. The truth is God himself. The spirit of truth. So the words that are recorded here, they've been recorded by people who were inspired by God to communicate how he was working in their lives and what he communicated to them. See, this is powerful stuff, guys. And the Passion Translation says, so then prepare your hearts and minds for action. I like the action words in all this stuff. Stay alert and fix your hope. Fix your hope. That speaks of intentionality. Fix your hope. Firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. You see, the truth is just like in that vision of mine that night in training center. You're not standing on a rock. You're a part of a rock. There is a guardian of your soul. And he says, I'll show you how to protect your soul. I'll show you how to live above the situation. Not pridefully, powerfully. I'll teach you how to live above things whereby you can bring others up with you. Remember, set your, Paul said, set your mind on things above. It's not talking about geographically. It's talking about the higher laws. You see, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has superseded the law of sin and death. What happened in the garden is no longer holding sway on the planet. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has now come to Sozo. So anybody in the room who might think, so this is a little weird? Yeah, it's supernatural. It's above. It's happening in a natural room with natural people that are enlightened. Okay? Um, just, and I'm just going to put this plug in there because I just, I believe so much in the things that have been accepted in this house because some things that we were like, oh, I don't know, have gone. And... Um, Sozo is so powerful, if you've considered it but haven't done it yet. Sozo is so powerful that we have had people that um, psychologists and psychiatrists have not been able to help that have been sent here, not even born again, not, not born of heaven, not knowing anything about, and they have encounters with the Spirit of the living God because Jesus saves. The living word saves. When people who have confidence in God open their hearts and allow others to come close, they fall into the beauty of God. And it's not even like they're forced to accept in the room. God loves human beings. He loves mankind. He loves you. He loves people that are near you. People that may seem despicable. He never says they're despicable. He says they're misguided. 
stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. So grace comes to enlighten you. And then when you get enlightened, it opens you up to a greater measure of grace. (laughs) Woo, Jesus. This truth, being born of God, what happens here on Wednesday nights is born of the heavenly realm. You guys are causing that to happen here because you come loving Jesus. Do you understand how powerful? You're the powerful part of what's happening in this room. We all come with what we know. And we even come with what we don't know. Trusting that he's moving in this room. He's going to minister to us. He's going to save us. So it's time to just relax, isn't it? Like, not be lax, relax. Rest that you're built together with the rock. I hope that picture stays with you for your own self to go and talk to God about that. Because that wasn't just for me. That was the spirit of truth that helped me to realize it's not just as Jesus. Now, when Jesus said it, build your house on the rock, he was painting a picture. But from that picture, I got this other thing of my house, Jesus' house. We're all one. And I can be in the darkest night in the middle of what feels like waves and water deep enough to suck me, my house, and the whole neighborhood down. But he says, no, no, no. Don't let that thought own your mind. Let me reform that feeling, that thinking, because when our thinking is reformed, our feelings will fall in line with it. It doesn't happen right away. Don't freak out. You don't put a seed in the ground and then go back an hour later and the plant is full grown with fruit. But who was it? And somebody in chat said, just trust the process. Who said trust the process? There you go, Nicole. Trust the process. Literally, we're taught from scripture. Luke 8, 11, The seed for the salvation of your life is the word of God. You're the ground it was made to be planted in. Just as sure as the ground dirt, God planted natural seeds and said, these will be reproductive. They will increase. They will reproduce after their kind. Be excited. He's painting pictures. An apple seed brings forth apple trees that bring forth many apples with millions of seeds on one tree from one seed. When this seed is planted in the ground of you, it will bring forth exactly what it's made of. Healing seed brings forth healing. Confidence seed brings forth confidence. Love causes us to relax, be loved, and then we're able to love. Are you all with me? Father, we, we love you so much. And, oh, man, you're, uh, thank you so much. We're grateful tonight, Father God. I'm going to miss being with everybody next week. But, Father, we just thank you that we can celebrate with family, with friends, with you. We can celebrate with you. I thank you, Father, that every person in this room has people to celebrate with, that, that they're able to love and be loved, that they will have food. And we just give you praise, Father, that you have built us to enjoy you and to enjoy one another. And so we release ourselves to the truth of your word tonight, to the power of what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing. And so we're so grateful, Father God. Thank you that you really do manifest here with us every single week. You're so gracious and so faithful. And 
We just say thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.